Today, our passage is going to come from Paul's letter to the Philippians, and we'll be reading from the third chapter, verse 13 through 14. So I invite you to follow along in your own personal Bible or Bible app, or you can follow along as I read it aloud, and it's posted on the screens behind me. But Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I don't know if y'all are like me, but that time period between when we finished Thanksgiving dinner and to Christmas was like drinking from a water hydrant of activities, okay? I, I felt it. You may not have, and bless you, but I felt it, okay? From Christmas parties to Christmas decorating to Christmas programs and Christmas shopping and all the things that you feel like you have to do or it's not Christmas, you know, and then you get to all the church activities and those who are involved in church work and volunteering, it's one thing after the other. And we're very busy here at St. Matthew's and we have a great team that's behind the scenes of volunteers and maintenance staff that switch this place from one thing to the other overnight. It's like Disney World almost, how they throw those decorations up overnight. We've got a great team of volunteers and maintenance staff that makes that happen here. And then you get to Christmas Eve, you know, and this Christmas Eve was on a Sunday. It was like a super Sunday of church, all right? And I said, Andy, please don't make us do five services. Please, can we just do three? Five services. We're, we're going to start a punch card when you start coming, okay? All right. I don't know what you're going to get. Maybe some time with Andy. I don't know. But, that's, that's a, but we're, you know, it's going to be one of those things, you know, it's just always something. Then you have Christmas Day, and then before you know it, it's done. It's, it's full stop and done. And then you enter into this weird period of like Christmas to New Year's. What, what do we do with this week? You know, it's kind of weird. You don't, uh, for, I didn't know what day it was. You know, by Wednesday, I'm like, is it Wednesday? The trash is getting picked up on Wednesday. It's supposed to happen not on Wednesday. And my whole calendar is based off when the trash gets picked up. And if it's on a different day, I don't know where I am. I'm like, what day is this? Oh my gosh, is the office open? Am I supposed to be at a meeting? I feel like I should be on a Zoom call or something. I don't know. It's, you know, this phenomenon, I actually looked it up on social media, it has many different names, but a lot of people call it the void. The void between Christmas and New Year's where you lose all concept of time and what is happening and when do you take down Christmas decorations and how long can you eat that leftover meal before it's unsafe? You know, you're looking up the USDA requirements on leftovers, okay? Am I going to get sick of eating this ham five times in a row, all right? It's, it's weird, it's weird. But, you know, also it's a great time of just relaxing actually catching your breath if you have the luxury to do so, spending it with family, and just recharging during that time. And one of the things I like to do in this time of year, right around New Year's, is I like to watch these shows that come out where they do the year in review. You know, they review everything that has gone on in our communities, has gone on in our country, in the world, and when you sit back and you watch everything that happened from January 1 of 2023 to now, you're like, wow, a lot has happened. A lot I have already forgotten about and moved on to the next thing. You, you see all the famous people that have passed 
and you reflect on the impact they had on your lives and the moment in your lives that you were following those famous people and what that meant for you, the world events that have happened and taken place, the interesting times in which we live, we're coming close to a national election year and all the events that have gone on with that, within our own church, all that has happened this year. And of course, we cannot forget about the year of Taylor Swift, right? Of all that she has done this year, okay? All my Swifties out there. So she has had a big year as well. And so I was watching this show on one of the national news networks the other night and just kind of being like, gosh, there's been a lot of great accomplishments, mankind that has happened in science and technology and, and, and a lot of areas, but there's also been a lot of failures and breakdowns and sadness. And it just puts it all in perspective when we watch those things. A lot happens on our trip around the sun every year, you know. And I think it's important for us to take the time that we have to reflect upon that and see what is that meaning for us? What is God telling us as Christians, you know, what does that mean for us? You have this ledger, basically, of, of gains of 2023 and losses, and, and very few people are the same when the year started, you know. But what is God telling us in all of this? Well, we have Paul today writing to us in, in Philippians. And to give you a little context where Paul is, many of y'all know where he is when he writes this letter, but for those of you who don't, Paul's not in the best of situations when he writes to the Philippians. He's in prison. He, he is not where he can make his own decisions to do as he wants. He's confined and has to follow other people's orders. He's imprisoned. And he's not in prison because he didn't pay his taxes or that he sped too many times around town. No, he's in prison because, as he says in the first chapter, because of his faith. He's in prison because he's a follower of Jesus Christ. His faith has landed him in jail. And for us in our context, that just seems crazy and insane that what we're doing here could land you in prison back in Paul's day. But yet here he is in prison in circumstances that many of us will be feeling sorry for ourselves. The last thing we would want to be doing is writing to our friends. We would want to find a way to get ourselves out of jail. He was wanting to encourage his friends. He was thinking about them and not himself. He was sharing in love, writing this letter to encourage them, be thankful for them, to teach them. And so here we have Paul, where many of us will be feeling sorry for ourselves, writing and instructing his church in Philippi and even you and me today. And so what is Paul saying here? What is Paul trying to tell the church, the church that follows Jesus Christ in these verses? Well, let's take a look. When you get into the third chapter here, Paul starts to talk about some of the religious laws and things that many people of this day believe that you must do in order to be a follower of God. Certain traditions and acts and things like that. That if you don't do these things, then you're not worthy enough to call yourselves a follower of God. And so we get into this chapter where Paul starts to rebuke that thought now. He begins to challenge that thought. And he uses himself as an example. He says, look everybody. I am somebody who was born... A Jewish person, circumcised on the eighth day. I come from Hebrew heritage. I'm of the right pedigree to be a follower of God. And then I also follow the law. I study the law. I persecute those who break the law. I am blameless 
according to the law. In the eyes of the religious right, he was perfect. And so he says, you know, there's a lot of things that we are required to do according to the law. But you know what? None of that is important when it comes to Jesus Christ. All of that, as he says, is rubbish compared to faith in Jesus Christ. He says, while those things within itself may be okay, but when you compare it to Jesus, it doesn't even hold a flame. And so here he uses himself as an example of being by the law, by the traditions, what would be blameless, saying, but you know what? None of that matters now. What matters is Jesus Christ and what he has done, not what I have done. It's not about me. It's about him. Full faith in him and what he has done for us. It's about Jesus. And so when we hear those words, it should cause us to pause and reflect. Is that we can't gain righteousness by our own sake. We can't save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, then Jesus needed to do what he did. All right? But we can't save ourselves. But through the grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ, we have the possibility of salvation with full faith in him. It's the grace of God in which we are saved, not by our own actions. And you know, that kind of goes counterculture to where we are, especially in our society, especially being in an upper-class suburban neighborhood where we feel like, you know what, if you go to school and do your work and make the grades, stay out of trouble, go to the right four-year college, do the right internship, get your master's degree, meet the right person for your partner, your life is set and it's all because of what you did and your hard work and no one else. I mean, we've all probably been told that at one point or the other, right? While the intention's good to motivate us, I understand that, but we also need to be careful in believing too much in ourselves. We have to understand what Paul is saying here. Despite having the right resume, none of that matters if you don't believe and have faith in Jesus Christ. Because it's because of Him that you are saved. And so I think for us, that's going to be a lot of reflection. A lot of reflection... Because, you know what, we're proud of what we've accomplished as individuals and where we are. But you know what, we also have to think about Jesus in this as well. And what he means for us. And are we putting him above all else? And that's hard. And some days we're going to fail. There's days that I fail. And I'm thankful for Jesus Christ. Because without him, I'd be forever separated from my God. And I don't want to be in that position. And then for us, too, when we reflect upon ourselves in that moment, what does that mean for those around us? You know, what does that mean for our church today and where we are in our church? What does it mean for the United Methodist Church, but also St. Matthew's? Us, where we are, what does that mean? This is what it says here in verse 13 again. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that what I have laid hold of but one thing I have laid hold of, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You know, this is the perfect message for us as we turn over into a new calendar year. You know, as Laura said with her visual of the calendar, we've accomplished a lot last year. Okay? And we got a new calendar that we're going to fill up for things for this upcoming year, right? 
But we also have to look at what are we willing to give up for Jesus this year? What on our calendar held us back from having full faith in him? You know, not just as individuals, but as a church, as this faith community body. What have we allowed on our calendar to get in the way of Jesus Christ? Now, while all those things within itself may have been all right, but if you put it above Jesus and you're pride in that above him, then it's nothing. It's rubbish. And there again, as a church, as a church body and church leadership, we have to reflect upon that as we go into next year. What are we willing to give up for Jesus Christ? And y'all, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some things that are going to be hard to give up. But whoever said this faith thing is easy? Whoever said that the moment you start believing in Jesus Christ, you get all the green lights going to school and going to work? Hadn't happened yet to me. Would love that. <laughs> I'd probably get every red light. But you know what? That's part of sanctification, right? It's that refining moment of sitting there knowing that everybody else is getting ahead of me. i got to wait. All right? So we have to reflect on what this means for us as individuals, as a church. What are we willing to give up for Jesus Christ? Because it's, it's more important to focus on him. And if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? What are we doing, church? And you know, when we look back at St. Matthew's this year, we've had a crazy year. Ups, downs, left and right, sideways. But you know, we've been given the gift of a new day. Every day is a gift. So let's not waste it. Let's not waste it on things that don't point to Jesus. Because this world out there needs, needs this church. Needs this church. Just turn on the TV or get on the internet or social media. And you'll know this world needs Jesus. And guess what? You are his ambassadors. You are his ambassadors. He believes in you. If he didn't believe in you, then he would have given up on us a long time ago and started something else. But through Jesus Christ, we have the ability to go out there as his ambassadors, to share his love and grace, and to reflect upon having faith in him, what that means for us next year. So church, as we sit down and make an account of our gains and our losses, as we do our own personal year in review, as we get our bearings ready for the next new calendar year, know these things. Number one, nothing is above Jesus Christ. Number two, you are loved. And number three, as Paul says, let's press forward to the goal and the calling that God has placed upon us through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. amen. Let's pray, church.